and uh, using the Word of God as a transition point here to let the Holy Ghost move. And I haven't come this morning to preach, teach to you a long, profound lesson. We had teaching this morning. Right now we're just creating an atmosphere through our praise and worship. And then we're going to create a transition point where the flow of the Spirit can come into your life and you can receive what you need to from God. If you came today just to show up in church just so that you could punch your time clock and feel emotionally like you have paid your dues to the kingdom of God for the week, then uh, your duty is finished here. But there's somebody here today that wants to receive, needs to receive, may not know it, but needs to receive something from God today. And that's what we're here for, all right? We're not here for a religious lecture. We're not here just to gather together so that we can see our friends again. But we're here so that the Spirit of the Lord can move and minister and meet the needs of those that are in the house today. Psalms chapter 51 and verse number 1. Then we're going to skip over to Psalms chapter 103. In verse 1, but Psalms 51 and 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Verse number 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. I'd like to look at the first clause in sentence number 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Then in Psalms chapter 103, in verse number 1, Psalms chapter 103, Verse number one, there are many benefits in living for God. And when I say living for God, I do not mean calling yourself a Christian or even attending Christian services, but living for God accompanies with it many benefits. Verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. How many are glad that your sins are forgiven? Who healeth all thy diseases. How many are glad that the Lord you serve is a healer? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. How many are glad you have hope for salvation? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. And check this out. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the power of restoration and renewing in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I believe that God wants to take somebody back today. When I say take me back, I'm not talking in the sense of he let you go and now he's taking you back. But when I say take you back, I mean returning you to a place that you once were. I mean taking you back to a place of purity. Taking you back to a place of joy. Taking you back to a place of peace. Taking you back to a place of promise for your future. That's what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do today in your life. It's up to you. You've got to allow the Holy Ghost to do what it wants to do in this place today. If there's anybody here that's going to join with me to help create an atmosphere for the Spirit of the Lord to do what it wants to do in this place. I want you to lift up your hands to heaven right now. I want you to tilt your head up right now, and I want you just to begin to praise and worship the Lord. Use your own words. Use your own language to let the Lord know how great He is and how much that you love Him. Jesus, 
You're a great God. Jesus, you are a mighty God. Oh, Lord, you are worthy of my highest praise. So I sing hallelujah. I say thank you, Jesus. I say you are my King of kings and my Lord of lords. Jesus, you are altogether lovely. You are precious. You are pure. You're everything that I want to be in my life, Jesus. You are my pattern. You're my hero. Hallelujah. As the songwriter said, you are the wind beneath my wings. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord God, bring peace, deliverance, hope, Lord Jesus, and restoration into this place. Put your hands together and praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. You may be seated just for a few moments. Why are we here today? What is the purpose for this gathering, which is called a church service? What is the purpose for us gathering together from across town, putting on outfits and coming out to this building to spend a few moments worshiping the Lord, listening to a sermon, bringing our requests to the Lord and responding Uh, to what happens in the house of the Lord. Is our purpose for church services simply to gather together so that we can give and receive religious lectures, uh, so that information can be imparted to our minds that will expand our capacity for intellect and give us more information? Do we come together to indicate weekly our allegiances so that we do not forget that we are Christians and that we have committed ourselves to the message of Jesus Christ? Is that the purpose for our gathering? Gathering together to indicate our allegiances to our set of beliefs. Do we gather together uh, because we want to be a part of an extended family and fellowship with other people who have similar viewpoints uh, and similar belief systems? Well, all of these things are important parts uh, of living for God and being a part of a church family. There's got to be some deeper meaning to our gatherings when we come together. We haven't come to receive and give religious lectures. We haven't come to just see and be seen and shake hands and say hello how you doing how's your week been mine's been fine we have come together for more of a purpose than just to indicate that we are still on the side of Jesus Christ but when we gather together into the house of the Lord there is a meaning there is a purpose and it is we have gathered together so that the spirit of the Lord will have an opportunity to move and to minister to the needs of those who are in the house of the Lord amen Because when I look into the Word of God and I study the life of Jesus Christ, wherever Jesus went, people who came in contact with Him did not just listen to His words. And they did not just voice their allegiance to Him. But when they came in contact with Jesus, the great drawing power of the ministry of Jesus was those who were transformed and changed when they came into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is about changing your life. Jesus is about making you over again. This church service today is not about just listening to a sermon and listening to lessons, but it's about an opportunity for a supernatural transformation to happen in your life. Something that a doctor can't do and something that a drug can't do and something that a book can't do for you that the Holy Ghost can bring about in your life. I look at the encounter in Mark chapter 5. There was a man who had an encounter with Jesus Christ, whether intentional or unintentional. In fact, it appears unintentional because he didn't come to church by invitation. He didn't come wearing a suit and a tie. In fact, when he met Jesus, he was in a graveyard and he was naked. He was foaming at the mouth, cutting his flesh. 
He was a wild man that screamed in the mountains at night and frightened the townskeepers. Uh, He was one that could not communicate or integrate with society because of demonic possession and oppression that had completely taken control of his life. Uh, And this demoniac who moaned and wailed in the mountains and in the graveyards of the city had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, And this man whose life was uh, no doubt... uh, the fingerprints of many abusers upon his life uh, and uh, uh, crying and cutting himself. Uh, When he came in contact with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ dealt with the issue. And uh, the the amazing thing was that when Jesus left this man, he was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. I know this is an extreme example, and we probably don't have anyone here that spends the night in the tombs naked. But we do have a precedence in the Word of God that no matter how extreme or how uh, uh, infinitesimal the issues that you're facing in your life are, that there is power through the name of Jesus Christ and power through an encounter with His presence, not through a sermon or a message or a lecture or something you hear. It's an actual personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that can bring about a restoration in your life. I doubt if this demoniac always lived in the tombs. I doubt if he started out his life cutting himself and acting in uh, antisocial manners. But But his life had become so mishandled by the enemy that it got to a place that he never intended to be. But when Jesus stepped into the scene, his purpose was to take him back to those hopeful days of his youth, to the purity in his mind that he had as a young man, no doubt filled with dreams and desires to do the right thing and be the right kind of person. Because when you boil it all down in most people, underneath all of the facade of their actions and their behaviors and the things that they do and the choices that they make, underneath it all, there is a core that says, I want to do the right thing. I want to be the right kind of person. I want to live a way that's pleasing to my maker. And underneath all the behavior and activity and antagonistic uh, tendencies of every person, there is a child. There is a young person that said, I want to do right with God. I want to be close to God. But through the course of time, through the mishandling of the enemy, they get so far from the ideal that God had created and they can look back and they can remember a time. When there was purity, when there was peace, when there was joy, then there was brightness in the future, when there was hope for tomorrow. I want to tell you today, and I've come to indicate to you, that the only thing that can take you back is not a new relationship with a new lover. Come on. It's not a new kind of drug, ecstasy, speed, crack cocaine, all of these things that they're developing, methamphetamines and so forth, that's not going to take you back. Amen? That's only going to further damage who you are and what you are. Come on. The only thing that can take you back is a pure encounter with the holy God of Israel. Amen? A pure encounter with the one whose name is Jesus, who possesses all power in heaven and in earth. And when you open up your spirit to the moving of the Holy Spirit, when you come into the house of the Lord and you begin to feel something, you've been feeling today. I know some of you have been feeling the presence of the Lord. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you are not. Uh, Some of you have heard the Word of God today and you know that the Word of the Lord is true. But the choice is up to you. Are you going to be willing to encounter and interface with the presence of the Lord? Because you can hear it for the rest of your life. But until you let the Holy Ghost come in and rearrange, uh, until you let the Holy Spirit come in and transform your life, uh, you will only be hearing stories and listening to lectures. But at some point in your life, you've got to push aside your pride 
and say the only way to get back what I want is through the power of the Holy Spirit. I've got to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And it's sad that you can go to church, churches all over the city, churches all over the country, where they are doing what they think Christianity is supposed to be when they are fulfilling religious obligations and going through liturgical lists of things that we have to do to say that we've had a church service. And good thing you all showed up. Thanks for being here. See you all next week. Uh, And no opportunity for somebody to experience a transformation through the power of the Holy Ghost. You may say or think that apostolic people are too emotional, that we place too much stock in an encounter at an altar where tears are shed and the Spirit of the Lord takes hold and begins to shake someone. But I submit to you today that no amount of lecturing or reading of books or of hearing of principles can take the place of the power of the Holy Ghost when it begins to transform and change your life and give you your joy back and give you your peace back. So you get worried if you come to this church and there's no transformation and there's no opportunity for people to interface with the presence of the Lord and watch the encounter with God transform their life. I'm so excited today because of what Jesus Christ is doing in our midst. I'm so excited about what the Lord has done in my lives, my life, and the testimony of the lives of those that are in this church about the transforming power of the Holy Ghost. When you let Jesus have His way, when you turn it over to the Lord, hallelujah. You see, this this looks like a pretty good bunch of people here, amen? Looks like a pretty good group of people, but what you don't understand is that there are former drug addicts in this place. There are people who had wasted their life for Satan. There are former gang bangers, gang bangers that used to run the roads and do drive-bys that are in the house today. Amen. There are people from all manner of lifestyles with hatred and anger caked on their spirit before they came in contact with Jesus Christ, but the power of the Holy Ghost was able to transform them. What no man can do, what no doctor or psychiatrist can do when they came into the presence of the Lord. It wasn't because they heard a good sermon. It wasn't because there was a good song. But it's because they contacted and encountered the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Do you have a testimony tonight of the power of the Holy Ghost? Let me just talk to somebody that's, that's a child of God, a Christian here, that's a Pentecostal that has experienced the transforming power of the Holy Ghost. Let me talk to you for a minute. You have issues that reappear in your life. Things that happen. Because guess what? Life is not static. You don't receive the Holy Ghost and then get onto a pillow and coast into heaven. There are still offenses that happen. There are still injuries. There are still mistakes that you make. There are still... periods of malaise and 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 uh, and weariness and sorrow that settle into your spirit uh, that begin to affect your relationship with God and here's the foolish part let me just make it plain to you okay i'm going to use the word foolish is that we remember how it was that we were transformed in the first place but then these things begin to crop up in our life and we think by going to church and going through the motions of a church service uh, and saying our little hallelujah thank you jesus now i lay me down to sleep is going to take care of it when we know that the initial encounter that we had with jesus Jesus Christ was dynamic. It was powerful. It was not just a few seconds. It was slain under the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you today that the issues you're dealing with as a child of God can only be changed through another encounter with the Holy One of Israel. David said, restore the joy of my salvation. King David when uh, we read in Psalms 51, as he was staring down the bony finger, 
the prophet Nathan. Conviction gripped his heart as he realized how far he had drifted outside of God's ideal. Even though he had been a man after God's own heart, the passage of time and the issues of life had created a crustacean over his spirit that allowed him to conduct himself in a way that was displeasing to God without it affecting him. But it was affecting him. And I believe that as David looked at the finger of Nathan and went back with weeping to a place of repentance, began to say, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. I imagine his mind went back and he could see the handsome, curly-headed young man with the harp on the hillside with pure motive and pure heart and nothing else in his spirit but a desire to worship and praise the Lord. I imagine his mind went back to a time when he had hopes and dreams of his bright future and the calling of God on his life as he sat on the hillsides and sang, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Give him praise, all ye people, for he is my right hand. He is the lifter of my head. His mind went back to a time when he was pure and right with God and free from all the oppression that was struggling, that was upon him right now because of the guilt of sin and the guilt of unforgiveness. And in his heart he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore the joy of my salvation. He was saying, in effect, take me back. Amen. I want to go back to that place. I remember that purity. I remember that bright future. I remember that hope that was in my spirit. And I'm telling someone today that you need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. You need to cry out to God and say, God, take me back to that place. Hallelujah. Take me back to that place. Let me read to you. Let me read to you the testimony of a lady named Her name is Dale Anderson, and uh, uh, she was one that struggled with oppression of the enemy. She said, Awaking in the early morning hours, as daybreak began to extinguish the darkness of night, I glanced at a picture hanging on the wall opposite my bed. A little eight-year-old girl with soft, golden-brown curls and laughing, bright blue eyes stared back at me. Her cheerful and serene countenance gave the impression that she possessed not only a carefree spirit, but also a passion for life. I pondered whether her spirit still resided within me. If so, I would be anticipating the fulfillment of dreams and visions yet to be experienced in life. Surely hopelessness could not coexist with her childlike faith. I desperately wanted to connect with the spirit of the little girl in the picture and know who I was at that time and who I would become if the light of her spirit had not been quenched. Would I ever be reunited with her spirit or was that part of me choked out never to live again? While still pondering these thoughts, I rose to begin another day, anticipating that this day would be filled with despondency and despair. Life had become a maze, the passages of which gradually but steadily grew darker and more confusing, resulting in a groping kind of existence. The further I journeyed, the more isolated I became. Bewilderment, hopelessness, and despair were my constant companions. Each night brought only the dread of facing another day. Could there be a way of escape from this emotionally crippling state, or would I continue this desolate journey until death? Something woke this lady up, and the the end of the story is that she was delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost uh, in a church service when she asked for the deliverance of God in an apostolic Pentecost 
Pentecostal church. But the thing that awakened her is the thing that spoke to my spirit so strongly. She looked at the picture of herself as a child and said there was that love for life. There was that pure passion for life and that bright perspective of the future. And now I'm struggling with my issues. Now I've let all these things close in on me. Now I'm struggling with the stress of this situation. Can I ever get back there? Can I ever be back restored to the joy of my salvation? Can I ever be an aisle runner again? Can I ever be one that weeps between the porch and the altar? Can I ever be one that's counted on again? That people look up to me and believe that they're going to be able to trust me? Can I ever be one with that hope for and a vision for a future and a ministry and a purpose in life? Can I ever get back to that place where it was so vibrant and alive that I knew God's hand was upon me? That I knew He was directing me? That I knew He was ordering my steps? I want to tell you that you can get back there again. But you can't think your way back there. You can't will your way back there. You can't hope your way back there. You can't read books until you get back there. You can't listen to lectures until you get back there. The only way that that can happen is you've got to cry out to the Lord God Almighty. Say, take me back. I don't care if you have to knock me down on my back. I don't care if I have to cry until I'm out of tears. I don't care if I have to speak in tongues for three days straight. Take me back. Restore the joy of my salvation. Put the bounce in my step. Put the joy in my spirit. I want it back, oh Lord. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together and cry out to the Lord right now. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Holy Spirit wants to move in this place. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to cry out to the Lord right now. Oh, come on. Let's just stand. Let's stand and just begin to praise Him right now. Jesus, I want it restored. Jesus, I want it back. Come on, that's it. Let's just praise Him. Come on, that's it. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just say this. We... For the adult class, I've been teaching for four weeks on this subject. And I want to explain to you, make clear to you, the greatest issue that separates us from God. The greatest thing that takes us from where we once were and where we'd like to get back to and where we are today, the great gulf that's fixed, is often created through two things. And they both have to do with forgiveness. The one thing that can create this great gulf, which we saw in the life of David, he was saying, take not your spirit from me. Restore the joy of salvation. Create in me a clean heart, O God. What was it in the first place that got him so far away from God? It was guilt. It was guilt. 
oftentimes one thing that, that that's, that's really it's, it's a it's like a cyclical thing that just gets worse and worse because we fail the Lord or we make starts or we make promises to God and then we fail the Lord and then when we do make it back to the house of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord begins to move on our hearts oh, I need the Holy Ghost's help right now when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move on our heart thing that keeps us from responding is the guilt for what we've done wrong or how we failed the Lord. And, and, it, and it only serves to move us further away from God. The second thing is unforgiveness. Both of these things together keep people from letting God do what He wants to do in their life. They're holding on to resentment. They're holding on to hatred. They're holding on to vengeance and holding it tightly. And it disallows the Lord. See, you've got to just let go. You, you can't, I can't give you, I can't give you a, a $20 bill if your hand is like this. God can't give you blessings when you're tightly holding on to issues and unforgiveness. See, we've, we've talked about this principle. We've presented the biblical perspective on it. But right now, it's time to let the Holy Ghost begin to work. Let the Spirit of the Lord begin to work on your life. Begin to loosen that grip. See, because God's able to wash away all of that guilt. See, God's forgiven you of your sins if you've asked Him to. If you haven't, you need to ask Him right now. In just a few moments, the Spirit of the Lord can wash you and cleanse you. And you can be forgiven of every one of your sins. If you want to receive everything that God has for you, you get to release these things and let the Spirit of the Lord begin to minister to you and to bless you. And, and I'll use this example. Sarah is here today, and, I, and uh, we're so thankful for what the Lord is doing in her life. And uh, she had a situation that was very, very hurtful in her life and an individual that was hurtful to her. And she had held uh, resentment for almost six years now. And it had affected her life by her own testimony. And it affected all parts of her life. And uh, she gives thanks to the Lord that last month, I believe in the month of April, the end of March, the beginning of April, she stepped into a church that was doing more than having lectures. Because she stepped into this little church where the Spirit of the Lord began to move. You know what happened on that? I think I remember the first Sunday you were here, we didn't even have any preaching. Because uh, the Spirit of the Lord took over the service. There was no ministry of the Word, but the Spirit of the Lord, an encounter there, began to happen. And through the process, Sarah testified to several of us yesterday that God helped her to absolutely forgive that person. And the transformation that has happened in her life. And this is just one story. We could go around the, around the room and begin to give testimonies of the restoring power of the Holy Ghost. But that doesn't happen because I try to convince you. It doesn't happen because I teach you lessons on forgiveness. But it happens when the Holy Spirit, you let the Holy Spirit come upon you. And you say, I'm not going to resist it. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to sit here and hold my posture of pride. But I'm going to let the Holy Ghost just come in and begin to transform me and begin to change me. You know what? That's the only way true transformation happens in a person's life is through the power of the Holy Ghost. And right now, I want you to close your eyes. We're going to let the Spirit of the Lord move in this place. He's summed up a book Hallelujah. I want you, if it's appropriate and if it's okay right now, I want you to reach your hand over to the person next to you. 
just lay your hand on the shoulder of that person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may not be affected by what's happening, but this may be very serious for someone today. This may be a point of change and transformation for their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody want that joy back? Does anybody want that sense of purity? That sense of purpose back? (laughs) I wish I could talk you into it, but I can't do it. It takes the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit won't force its way in. It's got to be invited in. I want you right now just to begin to, as you lift up, if you've got a spare hand and you begin to lift it up to the Lord, I want you to envision as you're opening up your hands that you're opening up your spirit to the Lord. If you have your arms on someone's shoulder, your arms are spread, I want you to envision your spirit being open to the Lord right now. I open up my spirit to you, God. Not just because I want to feel good, not just because I want goosebumps, but I want you to change me. I'm tired of being sad all the time. I'm tired of being discouraged. I'm tired of feeling empty. I'm tired of feeling like my life has no purpose. In the name of the Lord, I want you to take me back to that powerful place in your presence. I want you to take me back. I want you to restore the joy of my salvation. Restore the joy of my salvation. Come on, here it comes. Come on, that's it. I want you just now to begin to lift up your voice. The Spirit of the Lord is going to begin to flow through some of you right now. And there's going to be a voice behind it. I want you to open up your mouth and let the voice come out. Come on, that's it. Restore the joy of my salvation. God, I want the peace back. God, I want that sense of knowing that my future is sure in you. Come on, that's it. Open up your mouth right now and let your voice go. Hallelujah. Somebody, it'd be good for you to let the Spirit of the Lord take full control right now. Come on, let's open it up and let the Holy Ghost take full control. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm talking about a transformation that doesn't happen with now I lay me down to sleep. But I'm talking about a transformation that happens when we open up our spirit and let the Holy Ghost flow through us like a river of living water. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I want you to move around. I want you to begin to pray for one another. I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now and let the Spirit of the Lord lead you. Hallelujah. This whole church, this whole church is an altar right now. This whole building is an altar and the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. It's okay. Let the tears flow. Hallelujah. It's okay. Let the tears flow. Sometimes it takes a washing of the windows of the soul. Clear my mind, Lord Jesus. Give me peace back in the name of the Lord. 
forth in the spirit that is here, I'd be remiss and not opening this altar. There's something beautiful about making that step to the Lord and putting it all on the altar. And right now, if it's only one person and they just want to stay for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours and just cry out to the Lord, that's fine. But I want to give you an opportunity to come down front right now for just a few moments and cry out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I want the joy of my salvation. I want the peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. I want the transformation. Amen. I'm not talking that you are necessarily lost or you've given over, you've given up, but you just want the joy and the peace and that joy of the Lord that uh, passes all understanding to flow through your life as she begins to sing again. Hallelujah. If that's your heartbeat, if that's your cry, I want to open this altar for you right now. Hallelujah. Take me back. Let the tears flow. 
Somebody needs to speak in tongues again. Take me back to you. need to pray in the Spirit. Let your faith be Take built up. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, Lord, take me back, take 
be mindful of those who are still praying and seeking God. If you want to visit, please go out into the vestibule and visit. Thank you.